Welcome to the AI Applied Podcast. I'm your host, Connor Grennan. And I'm your host, Jaden Schaefer. Every week, we cover top AI news, top AI interviews of incredible guests, and tools that you should be using, studies that are super important for applying AI into your career and your job. Today, Connor's going to kick us off with some really interesting AI news. Yeah. Hey, Jaden. Okay. So the first thing that's like springing up all over my news feed, maybe you too, is this whole thing with like MS Copilot, right? Like how, I don't know how long we've been hearing about this, but for, I mean, months, right? Like you saw yeah. the demo way back when, right? Yeah. And everybody's like, oh my gosh, this is it. This is the future of AI. So if you don't know, Microsoft Copilot is uh, basically Microsoft's sort of endeavor to build AI into all of their, uh, you know, essentially their offerings, right? So you're talking about uh, let's see. So it's like in Word, it can help you like write, edit, summarize, all that kind of stuff. In Excel, obviously, it can help you uh, analyze data, PowerPoint, assist in creating, uh, obviously, like decks and things like that, and Outlook, writing documents, all that kind of stuff. But this was months ago that the demo came out. And since then, I think everybody thought like, oh, when this comes out, it's going to change everything. And so what's been happening of late is that Microsoft... I think kind of quietly started like rolling this out to, I think it's like 600 organizations or something like that worldwide. And they wanted to, you know, get it tested. You know how this works. So like they want to sort of beta test it. Uh, and now the, some of the information is coming out about like what it actually is. So just generally speaking, like the pricing, I think it's like $30 per month per user or something like that. I think what we, what they just said also is that you need a uh, minimum of 300 users. So this is going to take some time. But again, like that's, you know, whatever, $9,000 or something like that. So I have minimum a ton. Of 300 employees in your organization. Yeah, it's a minimum of three. I think it's a minimum of 300 users. So I think you could have like 10,000 employees. But I okay. think that, you know, you have to have at least 300 people. Like if you're going to buy this yeah. thing, like right now, that's what they want. So I've been hearing sort of like offline, I want to get into that. I want to kind of get into a company that I just talked to actually today, Jaden, I didn't mention this to you yet. Uh, one of these 600 companies and kind of get their feedback on it a little bit. But I wanted to sort of like, just like kick that over to you just to start. And like, what's your take on this? What have you heard about it? Yeah, I mean, I think Microsoft obviously is like just kind of crushing it in the space, integrating AI into everything. The only other person I think that's kind of rivaling them in this is Google, who obviously is integrating AI into everything. I have uh, a Google work, you know, space account or whatever. That's who mm -hmm. I use for my organizations um, at the moment. And yeah, I mean, they're doing a lot of similar AI features rolled into everything. I think right now we really are kind of seeing like this battle between Microsoft and Google. Um, it's interesting because I think the only other player that, really could could fight them out at this high level maybe amazon but like you know i think apple has a lot of like apple keynotes and other like of those some of those like software tools i do feel like they're they've fallen maybe a little bit behind in the sense that like you know microsoft is coming out with like teams as a slack competitor and kind of put leaning in more to that and apple didn't really go as heavy into the whole um corporate office like tools as much so yeah, I think it'll be interesting, but I, I definitely think there's a ton of really impressive features from the demos I've seen that uh, Microsoft is incorporating here. So like if I was in an organization and I was getting Microsoft Copilot, especially if you're already kind of on like the whole, you know, your, your company pretty much picks like what stack they're using for those tools. So if you were on Google and you were on Microsoft, yeah, you I think you'd be thrilled. There's a lot of really cool use cases. Um, but yeah, I'm curious to hear your perspective on some of I don't know. Have you heard of any like drawbacks that people are seeing or people using it? 
Yeah, this is kind of what I wanted to get into, right? Not necessarily drawbacks. So first of all, a couple of things, right? Like you're right. I think that the only competitors are, you know, obviously like Google, obviously Apple has some of those products, you know, like Keynote and Pages and things like that. But it's really Google and with Google Labs and everything like, yeah. uh, you know, these things are integrated. I think I think we're at one of these inflection points where we, you know, it's kind of like this is like a time capsule episode where we're going to look back or remember those like, uh, you know, it's like little things from like Good Morning America where they're like, so tell us more about this Internet. You know what I mean? Like, so this yeah, may yeah. be like one of those things where just AI built into these things is going to be so obvious. It's going to be laughable. So I yeah. think it will get completely embedded. But that's not what we're talking about today. Right. We're talking about today, like. What does this look like? Who's going to pay for it? I think ultimately everybody will pay for it. I think the price will probably come down or just get integrated. But a couple of things on this that have been interesting to me. So number one, uh, Wall Street Journal just came out with a thing around uh, interviewing chief information officers and trying to get a sense of the productivity gains out of this. And everybody's taking these numbers and reading them in very different ways. <laughs> like there's some which are like, Oh, there's a, uh, I can't remember who it is, but somebody's like newsletter or whatever was like, yeah, there's a, you know, 2,500% ROI. And they take this based on that, but only a 3% increase in productivity. I was like, wait, what? So, so there's a lot of just ways of reading the, the data here, right? So I think that one of the things though that they're talking about is if, you know, this, I think it's like, a, was that a Forrester report or something like that? So that like the higher the employee's salary, the more utility they're going to get out of it. Because I think that mm. the one of the ways that they're tracking this is really just, you know, employee surveys and things like that. So like right now they're saying, oh, it's saving, you know, 30 minutes a day. And now that's not generative AI in general. That's just like really only if you're using this tool. So I think there's sort of right now some disagreement on, you know, how much this is going to save, but I think it is going to save time. But Here's the other thing. First of all, I think it's going to be integrated. So it's going to be almost like a moot point. It's going to just sort of like, it's going to be, feel like wallpaper uh, yeah, very, very, sure. very, very soon. But yeah. then the other thing I'll just mention, Jane, that I was just talking to today, and I won't mention the name of the company, obviously, but they were contacting me because, you know, as you know, I kind of train companies on generative AI. And he said this really interesting thing, which he's like, hey, listen, we're one of these companies. It's one of 600. We have this put in, but, and he works in sort of this space, he understands generative AI. And he's like, one of my concerns is that people are getting in this. And now all of a sudden this feels like AI strategy to people. Like it feels like, okay, we did it. You know what I mean? Like, and it's, mm. in fact, you know how to use ChatGPT. I do, like a lot of people out there do, but it's actually in a funny way, potentially limiting people's uh, ability to really use and augment everything else they do in their workflow because it's putting it in this tight user interface. So I wanted to throw that over to you and sort of like hear how that resonated with you. I wanna tell you about today's sponsor, which is AI Box. AI Box is my own personal software company I'm currently working on, and we have officially launched a crowdfunding campaign over on Republic. AI Box is essentially a no-code AI app builder and marketplace, so you can chain together any AI models, put in your own custom prompts and automate your workflows. If you're interested in investing in AI box, you can go to republic.com slash AI dash box. We're raising up to $1.2 million, but we're really, really excited where this goes and excited to help you automate your workflows and bring AI to the masses with AI box. Yep. A hundred percent. I think you're spot on there. I, I think that's a great takeaway. I really, really think what is important. And if we want to get to the, um, if we want to get to the productivity gains that we believe AI can have, I think every employee in a company, and I know this is tricky because like a lot of companies, there's approved software, not approved software, but anyone on their own time, on their own computer or whatever can, can test out everything. 
every individual employee should be testing every AI tool that they think can benefit them, trying out their own in-house prompts, trying out like you, they really need to learn because they're going to discover so many things that, like you mentioned, are not fit just into the perfect Microsoft Copilot, right? And a lot of Microsoft Copilot tools are literally built on something like ChatGPT, where they've just kind of come up with like a useful prompt to do like some sort of element of what you're doing. And they put it in there, like even the, even like the GitHub Copilot, you know, people reverse engineered it and figured out the prompt that they stuck in there of pretty much like using ChatGPT and telling it how to do code stuff. Um, so so yeah, I think that uh, if we really want to see the productivity gains and the creativity and like this kind of explosion of AI helping people, we need everyone to independently be trying out a lot of different tools, a lot of different ways of doing things. I think there's always the problem of, so here's the tricky part. If you figure out how to do something great and then you just go to your employees and you're like, okay, I know you guys all do X, Y, and Z. Here is my workflow. Here's how I do it. Here's the prompts I use. Happy birthday, abracadabra. This is like, you're going to crush it using this, right? The problem is you might've discovered something really cool. And I understand the temptation because you're like, I don't trust people to like figure stuff out. I figured something good out, just copy my process. But there is so much creativity. There's a hundred percent better ways to do it. There's a hundred percent. So I think as leaders and organizations, people need to allow their, um, allow their coworkers and allow people in their you know departments and whatnot to really explore and experiment with this stuff because they will find powerful ways to do things that you can't think of, that you haven't thought of. There's just so many ways to apply this. And so, yeah, I think that is, that's the one area that I would agree has a little bit of concern on the creativity front. Yeah, that's exactly right. And it's, um, you know, and we've said this before, but like, uh, you know, generative AI is, it's sort of like the light bulb versus electricity, right? I mean, like, you know, something like this in a tight user interface, AI user interface, and then generative AI is like the electricity, which is, it's just completely reactive and it only really applies to you. So everybody has their own way of doing this. So if you share your like, look at this, this is a phenomenal use case. Again, if you're like sharing how to use electricity, you as a podcaster, for example, and you're sharing with a coal miner, they're gonna be like, well, that's not really that interesting. So people have to almost discover it by themselves. And like, you know, again, having done a lot of this, but this is why I'm super excited about you know, what you're doing with AI box, which is right. Like getting people to be like, Hey, listen, how do you need to use AI? What do you want to do? It's going to help like workflows and things like that. It's one of the reasons you and I connected around this stuff, but it's just exciting to think, how do we get people excited about it? Because I'll tell you just to sort of like maybe put a bow on this, the memes that I'm seeing right now around this is like a dog looking like confused. And it's like, please don't let co-pilot be our AI strategy kind of thing. <laughs> but again, you know, it's it's nothing against Microsoft. This is a phenomenal, phenomenal product. It's phenomenal product. It's just, again, just to tie a bow on that, like I, I just hope that's not the only way that people yeah. are thinking of AI. The, yeah, the last point I want to make on this, then I want to talk about a really another really interesting story. I was talking to uh, I was talking to someone recently that that works in a company and just doing some AI consulting and, you know, giving them strategies, tools and things they could use to, to help and whatnot. Um, and they're like, okay, so like, if I implement like all of these tools into what we're doing, can we like call ourselves an AI company? And I'm like, oh my gosh, no, like, this is like, find your things you're going to do. You're not an AI company because you use AI tools. I think like what you said, it's going to turn into wallpapers. It's like these AI tools is just tools. It's just, by the way, Jaden, I love that you are the arbiter here. They're like, Jaden, can we, you're like, nope. Oh, they're like, Jayden, no. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah, funny. But something I wanted to pull this back to, because we mentioned this at the beginning, um, you know, we said the other people kind of competing in the space might be Google and potentially Apple has the ability. They've been in the news lately. 
um, because Apple's CEO, Tim Cook, recently in their earnings call, uh, kind of pushed back when people said, hey, you're you're kind of falling behind in AI. Uh, what are you guys doing? And, uh, you know, it's kind of interesting looking at his remarks and what he was talking about. Um, I would I would love to get your perspective on them. But really what I was hearing was him say like, hey, look, like just because we don't label everything in our phone, AI, there's a lot of cool AI features we've been working on for a while. He kind of pointed stuff out. Um, what's your what's your take on this? Has is Apple an AI company in disguise? Are they falling behind? Where do, where do you think they're at on this? You know, I, it's so interesting because if you talk to like insiders, uh, not sorry, I didn't talk to insiders, but if you like read reports about insiders, it's sort of like with Google and after Bart, right? So I don't want to I don't want to out anybody here, but like you know, at Stern, I'm at NYU Stern, right, the business school, and like you get people kind of coming through and stuff like that, and every company's like, oh, we're doing this on purpose, whatever that thing is. So you mm -hmm. remember kind of like the debacle after Bard with Google, for example, right? And then yeah. Google sort of saying, you know what, we are taking our time on purpose. And look, what are you going to go against Google? Like, yeah, they're going to be fine. So I'm not even sort of like trying to disrespect Google on it. I think Apple is mm -hmm. kind of the same thing, right? So on the outside, Apple is like, Oh, we're taking our time and everybody's like oh they're taking their time because it's apple on the inside the reports that i heard are very much along the lines of like apple is sort of like the google like code red you know what i mean like all hands on deck holy cow yeah. we didn't realize this would move so fast yeah. but on the other hand when you when you built that reputation you can ride that right so i mean like if you're already if you know this is like kids right it's like kids running a race you all take off at the same time you know, four of your friends are so far ahead of you. What do you do? You're like, you know, I wasn't even racing anyway. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm doing mm -hmm. this other thing. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I feel like Apple is like that, that kid that's like really far behind. Now, luckily at heel, it's the kid that's really far behind. That is also like the super genius that built the, you know, the, the, and iPhone has the most money. It's <laughs> the most money. It's like dripping in, in bling, right? Everything. Yeah. Like, that. like, yeah, he's fine. But I think to that point, Jane, like, it's really interesting because Whatever they say, they're sort of right, right? I mean, like, I think Apple taking their time actually makes me feel good because they have the vehicle. They have the iPhone, they have the iPad, they have all your ecosystem. So I don't know. What was your take on all that? Yeah. Okay. I love a lot of things you said there. Okay. I have to give one funny caveat. Um, this is something I've noticed in my podcast AI chat is whenever I make a podcast and criticize Apple and their AI, um, to all the listeners, I'm talking to you. I literally can go and I watch like the the watch time on my episodes and they like drop off. As soon as I start saying negative stuff about Apple, people are just like, leave. And I think like a, a portion of that is I have like, uh, I think 80% of my pod or 70% of my podcast listeners are on Apple. So, you know, yeah. obviously those are people in, in the ecosystem there. Um, so to those listening, I have a little criticism for Apple, but I do uh -oh. have some good news as well. So you, you better not drop off. I'm you moving away from the microphone take, right now, Jim. You got to take a little medicine. So I think you're right. I think Apple um, definitely was surprised by the success of ChatGPT and the integration. Google had their code read. They were very directly threatened because Google is not a hardware so product. They're a software product. And they're like, if ChatGPT kills Google, we're doomed. They, they admittedly had to move faster. Google, I mean, Apple has a little bit more leeway. They can kind of sit back a little bit and see how things play out. Um, I think you're exactly right on the sense that like if your friends are beating you in your race and you're like, yeah, I'm not even racing. I think that is a little bit of Tim Cook's like his whole thing about like, no, like we're, we're going to take our time and be careful. It's like, okay, well you had like, what what did you do for the last 10 years? Like that could have been you taking your time. Like what's the difference? Anyways, right. so really what he's saying by we're going to take our time and be careful is we're realizing today we need to make some changes and now we're going to take our time and not rush it out. But he's also saying like, 
they weren't very proactive in, in the past. Now, that being said, I think Apple's going to do a great job. They got a ton of money. They have a lot of resources, brilliant engineers. They've built some incredible things. I think Apple will absolutely crush it in this in this regard. My only thing I'm concerned about with Apple is seeing some of the products that have come out with so far. While they're very cool, I feel like they're going to too niche of an audience. So for example, like one of their big AI things they bring up is like they can clone your voice and they're like, uh, on your like on your uh, voice app or whatever, where they're like, yeah, this is great for people that are like losing their voice, and uh, and they always, I love, I actually do love how Apple always brings it up to like some sort of health or like yeah. medical stuff. I'm like, yeah, that's great, it improves quality of life. But I'm just like, well, why do you like, why do they have to pitch it like this is for people that are losing their voice and can no longer speak? Like, like what percentage of the population is it? And admittedly, right. like help those people, amazing. But like, come on, you can put some marketing and some like some like ideas towards that's an incredible tool. How can everybody use it? You know what I mean? So I just worry sometimes they, they go a little too niche on these great features. So you're bringing up a point that's really making me think here, right? Which is like, obviously they have phenomenal marketers, right? Everybody wants to work for Apple. And I'm just wondering, and I'm not a marketer, so I'm going to sound like an idiot. Sorry, marketers, like make fun of me all you want. But like, it's one of these things where what are the, what are like the memes and, and little videos that get shared more than anything else? It's like the sweet heartbreaking, you know, sort of things like, you know, Eleven Labs teams up with this woman who hears for the first time, or this dog is rescued by AI in some way. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe Apple knows something that we don't, which is by tying this to health, all of a sudden somebody in your life maybe does have this issue or something like that. And, and it makes me sort of like want to pivot into this other sort of like adjacent story, which is exactly that. And I feel like now I'm total sucker falling for this, Jade, because I feel like you've just outed me around this. But like, I kind of thought like, you know, they're talking about like VR uh, stuff. You've seen all this. I think you were talking about it before, like the Vision Pro, like uh, using it to diagnose and treat mental uh, health problems that it can track like uh, facial expressions. I was just looking at this. It can detect uh, depression, anxiety, stress, post-traumatic stress disorder, other mental issues. Upon detection, the Vision Pro, which is obviously Apple's VR headset, uh, would then display relevant images and play sounds that could improve the wearer's mental state. They go on with you know AirPods, things like that, the Apple Watch. And I'm thinking like, okay, just, I mean, how much money do people just like make just by having other people watch them play video games, right? You could, you could just like build an entire business on this for Apple. It's like a niche product that they're going to make billions on just from gamers, but they're putting it out there as a mental health thing. And maybe it's just pure marketing. Jaden, am I a sucker? Tell me. Um, I think they're smart. I think what they're doing here is uh, your average gamer is not going to spend $3,500 for a VR headset. If you notice when they did their VR launch, they did not mention gaming once in their entire oh, VR yeah. thing, which is yeah. crazy. But when you're talking about medical devices, yeah, this is going to improve your, and I think it's not just for maybe users, but like, think about parents buying this for their kid. Would you rather buy a VR headset for your kid that you're like, this is going to help my kids quality of life, their mental health. Or would you rather be like, this is going to be like $3,500 video game console for them, right? Like I, I, so I think that they know with their premium product, the health, the health is the number one thing people will spend money on, but I, obviously it's going to get used for video games. It's probably number one use case is still going to be games for the VR. So I think, I think there's some like uh, there's some marketing that they're, they're doing there. And maybe we are all a little bit suckers. So the other thing I wanted to bring up, Connor, the, the other story, um, because we mentioned this in our last podcast, the, the fact that um, I, I think it was Amazon was doing these like AI, uh, generative AI, like product background things. Google just announced uh, 
two days ago. They're, they're, they announced essentially the same thing in Google ads where you can like swap out the background on images and stuff. And I also on Twitter just saw um, a post from AI Breakfast. If you guys don't follow the newsletter, yeah, it's a great AI it, newsletter. And he was showing like a video of essentially it was like somebody's face and there was like a mouse on the side where you were like clicking and dragging on the face and it was like moving like the face all wonky however you moved it and like the eyes were like looking in whatever direction you like point your mouse or whatever and it was like it looked like lifelike but it was like perfectly flawless in the movements my question to you is with tools like that and with you know all essentially all the major advertising platforms in the world are now completely like ai generating all the backgrounds and the surroundings of a product the media that we see is not going to be real like how skeptical should people be about that? Uh, what, what's your what's your what's your opinion on where that that goes? What's the implications? You know, this is so interesting, and Jaden, I think I've heard you say this before too, which is, it's so funny. It's sort of like this. It's almost like we're kind of going to pass through this uncanny valley kind of you know a, a moment again. And I heard you say this uh, on I think another one uh, like another podcast that you had, like the AI chat or something like that. But it's like. I think that right now, I remember when this came out, it was like Dragan, you know, like, and they were sort of moving the dog's legs and the horse's legs. And everybody's like, this is amazing. This is going to be everything. And again, you know, Mid Journey for months has had, uh, you know, images that look, you know, undetectable, right? So, so I think sort of that perfection is awesome. But I do think that we are going to start swinging back the other way at some point, right? Where authenticity matters. And I've heard you say that before, too. And, you know, it's in the voice as well. Like if you listen to ChatGPT's, uh, I don't know what they call it, but like the voice thing, if you, I'm sure you've messed around with that. If you ever mm -hmm. listen to it, a lot of pauses, they say, um, and I guess like things like that. They literally say it because yeah. I think that they, they know that it's like Descript, which I think is an absolutely phenomenal product Descript, but like locking the eyes onto the camera, that's not really how, maybe it is how uh, people do video to, videos these days. I don't know. But I I guess sort of I'm fascinated by the fact that everything will be AI, but I also am fascinated by the idea that, uh, you know, there will be some places that are just going to sort of say like, hey, this is authentic. That's why this is messy. Now, could we say that? probably the AI is going to make it look messier and more authentic, everything like that. It just feels like we are so far down this road and the cost is cost drives everything and you know when you're sort of again that like we were talking about before like if you need a toaster oven uh out in a out in a field you know next to some pumpkins the last thing in the world you're going to do is go buy a toaster oven and find a sunny you know pumpkin patch right this yeah. is just a cost factor and i can't imagine anybody going back yeah i agree with you there um and i think you make a really good point about authenticity to the listener i guess what i would just like stress um, is when you're looking at applying AI into your career, your job, your workflows, your communications with your mom, whatever you like you are using AI for, right? Make sure that you're not just taking the stock responses that ChatGPT gives you or um, outputs. Make sure that you are always customizing. And you know what? Here's an interesting thing. Like you can actually make a prompt that makes the output more custom to you. I think we're going to get to a point where ChatGPT is going to train off of stuff you say to make it sound more like yourself um, and you'll have that option or there'll be software tools that come out. I, that's my prediction. Mark my word on it. But um, make sure that you are making all of your outputs authentic to yourself. You're not just copying and pasting the direct outputs. I think it's going to become very painfully obvious. It's going to be, you know, a lot of people are going to get that inbound 
sales email and be like, well, this was definitely written by ChatGPT. I'm already starting to do it. My ChatGPT detector on any piece of content I get um, goes off. And uh, there's like funny things like, oh, I, he missed capitalizing the I in this, which normally like, it's funny. Like I got a friend, he works at Boeing and uh, he said, anytime they want to get out a public statement, it's got to go through like eight people that review it because it has to be like perfect in the structure and the grammar. And they're like, when we talk about this organization, you have to capitalize this letter. Like it's like crazy. And uh, I think it gets to a point where there's value in imperfection in the yeah. human side. And of course it'll be cat and mouse because you'll come up with a prompt that's like, Hey, chat GPT say this, but like <laughs> come up with like two typos in my like email and like, you know, like lowercase their, their last name or something like just like funny things like that. But honestly, it's important. You want to know that this is an authentic person and it wasn't a robot. And I don't care if Chad GPT wrote me an email. I just want to know a human read it, approved it, agreed with it before it was sent. And you just want to avoid the, the automated stuff. So that's my adv advice on applying AI based off of that. That's a great PSA to end the episode. I think, Jayden, I think like that's perfect. Everybody, if that's all anybody hears from this episode, we are going to be a happier, healthier country. Yep. A hundred percent agree. Hey, thanks so much, Connor, for, for uh, diving into the topics with me. Thanks so much to the listener for tuning into the AI applied podcast. Make sure to rate us wherever you get your podcasts. Connor is uh, doing some incredible free promos with unlimited AI advice. If you give us a review and send him a screenshot. So make sure to take him up on yeah. that. Um, and I hope you guys all have a great rest of your day.